When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Late Lunch this Wednesday afternoon. I can't begin to tell you how excited I am today because we have a star in studio. Were you watching Britain's Got Talent? Did you see our Killian O'Connor? Oh my, oh my. He finished third overall. What an achievement. But he just stole the heart of millions. And he's here with me in studio today along with his mum, Elaine. You're both very welcome to the show. Thank you Hello. for joining me. Thank you, Gillian. You're very welcome. Congratulations to you. What a wonderful achievement. Thank you very much. You were brilliant. Did you ever expect that you'd go as far as you did, you know what I mean, to finish third in the overall competition? No, actually. Um, I. It wasn't even my dream to make it to the final. It was just to get on Brain's Got Talent. So mm. anything after that would have been a bonus as well as making it third place. I'm so happy with it. I'm sure you are. And I hear yesterday, you flew back only from London yesterday, I hear you were the star on the flight home. Is that true? Yeah. um, Midway through the flight, I heard the... What's it called? The... The captain, was it? Or the stewardess over the... Yes. Over the... Tannoy? Tannoy. Yeah. Uh, We have a very special person on our flight today. Uh... He finished her place in Brands Got Talent, Killian O'Connor. <laughs> and the whole plane, ma'am, the whole plane went mad, did it? So, so uh, could everyone please stand up and give him a round of applause? <laughs> and then everyone just... <laughs> hey! Yeah. Well, you know you've made it when you're on a flight like that and the whole flight goes ballistic for you, for sure. The other thing is, on you know, you got through the heats, of course, and you endeared yourself to everybody. And on that occasion, you were at school and we spoke to your ma'am here on the show about how well you did. But last Friday night, talk to me about before the final, when you were in the semi-final, you won the public vote. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I got, um, how much was it? Like 29.8% of all the votes that day. So one almost in, One in three. One in three one people. In, one in three people, yes. Voted for you. And that's millions and millions of votes. It's fantastic. Mm. Hey, ma'am, how are you going to keep this with his feet in the ground? Oh, do you know what? He, his feet are very firm on the ground. Um, he, he just takes it all in a stride. Mm. And Killian is Killian. I don't think he'll ever change. Um, he just loves performing. But then once he's finished performing, he just goes back and he's his normal self, mm. which is really good because he's grounded. Yes. And I think that's really important in keeping him safe. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about magic and you. How did you get into magic in the first place? Well... 
Um, the first magic trick I ever saw was from my uncle Desi. He came up to me and showed me this one. Oh, with the fingers. With yeah. The, with the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but what really got me into magic, it was another young magician on Brain Scott Talent, uh, 2017. It was Izzy Simpson. And there was something about her act and the way she did it that really got me into magic. Um, she came second in the entire competition and I was always begging my parents like, can I go meet her? Can I go meet her? Can I go meet her? And they kept, they had to keep on explaining that she lived in a different country so it would be hard but I just kept on begging and eventually they got in touch with Izzy's grand grandfather, uh, Russ Stevens and we met up in Blackpool and also in Blackpool uh, her brother was there, Dexter and that's when we found out about uh, the biggest magic convention in the world, Blackpool Magic Convention. So we've been going there every year since. Fantastic. Tell me about the hat, your trademark. Where did the hat come from? It's beautiful. Uh, it started in November 2021. It was just so... Um, it just fits with the character. It is the character. <laughs> like... The hat is the magic. <laughs> if I took it off and I was walking around the streets, no one would recognise me. But just the hat and like, oh, are you, are, you're Killian O'Connor from Brain's Got Talent. <laughs> and folks, he's just taking it off now and he is so right. You'd just go by him, you wouldn't even. Isn't that so true? Yeah. It is your trademark now, isn't it? Yeah. It is your trademark. Yeah. What about, you know, your friends and I know you're on summer holidays, you lucky duck for the mm. next few months. What about your friends and everyone at school? What's the reaction being there? Have you have you been able to feel that? No, you're only back home, I know, since yesterday. What's that been like? When we were filming for the VT of the final, mm. um, they had us watch the audition, the semi-final and me winning the public vote. They told us about that, but also they showed us a clip that so they got like people from the school, my friends and those. They got all of them to send in videos and like f put they put them together and then showed it to me. So that was the first time I saw it. So it would have had uh, Marvin Burglis, the creator of Marvin's Magic, the Myasinade, the principal of my school, Mr. Baker, um, a few people from my class, and then they got the whole school in the yard and they were like. Go, Killian! <laughs> Did that mean an awful lot to you going into the final? I'm sure that gave you, you know, when you looked at that, that was tremendous, was it? Yeah, because I, I was speechless after I saw it because, like, I, I heard nothing about that. Mm. So, yeah. I just didn't know what to say. <laughs> no need to say anything. It says it all, so it does. And it shows you the love that is for you and the support that you had behind you. What's it like being up on stage there, you know, in front of the four judges, the big theatre and everybody going wild? What does that feel like? Um, it feels great. I would say I felt nervous during the audition round because you're being judged, but during the semi-finals and final... It, the judges, they compress the buzzers, but um, mainly it's up to the public. So when I went out on stage in the semi-finals and final, I wasn't nervous because I knew it wasn't the judges' decision. Mm. It was everyone around the world. And I knew I had a huge support because even though people in Ireland can't vote, yes. I still had, I still got a third of the votes in the semi-final and... Mm. Uh, 
11 12 percent in the final yes. so yeah i i i think and i know this no i know this if we could vote for you we we're going mad at home that we couldn't vote for you and i'd say it's the same across ireland imagine if you had the irish vote behind you killian you'd won you know that. Mm. You know that. You would have yeah. won that. You yeah. would have. You're our winner. Yeah. You're our winner all the way. It don't matter. You are our number yes. one for sure. But, you know, what are they like? Did you get chance? You know, I know we see the judges, you know, and their personas when they're voting and talking and interacting with the acts. What are they like? Did you have a word, you know, off the record with any of them? What are they like as people? Yeah, I've... I've had a... I had a word with Bruno, Amanda and Simon before mm. I went on... Um, Alicia was nowhere to be found, and... <laughs> revelation, <laughs> revelation on late lunch today about Alicia, go on. So Amanda was saying, like, uh, oh, you've made me believe in magic, and uh, Simon, while the acts were backstage waiting for them to do their entry at the start of the final, yeah. everyone had come out, all the acts, and then they were introducing the judges... And they were walking down the, s the stairs on the side that I was. And Simon, he was, like, shaking hands with everyone. But then he, like, grabbed me. He was like, Killian O'Connor, um, I just, I just want to say I'm wishing you the best of luck tonight. <laughs> and I was like, thank you very much. So me and Simon, we had a talk, whereas he won with yes. the other acts around me. And Bruno, I was talking to him before I went out, mm. before the handshake with Simon mm. and I was like Bruno 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 <laughs> I could see him in the distance and someone had to tap on his shoulder and I was like there's one of the acts and, and he had turned around and I'm like ah meh zing and he's like listen good luck good luck tonight all of you best wishes <laughs> <laughs> you certainly had a connection handy like when you hear them, oh, man oh yeah. yeah absolutely oh, yeah he just comes alive yeah Thanks. You do. You come alive. You come yes. alive. I can see that myself today. We saw it on the television as well. But, you know, they loved you. You know that they all yeah. loved you from the word go. Yes. And they would have been delighted as well to see you win. I, I know that too. Mm. What about the other acts? You know, the, the, the Vigo who won it. You were on Vigo. stage, you know, with him and uh, Liliana Clifton as well and yourself yes. standing there. What was that like? Was there rivalry between you or was it camaraderie and friendship? I, yeah, it was just friendship because yes. you all have been talking to the acts for the rest of the day when you're doing the filming before for social media and the TV. Yes. So, yeah, there weren't any rivalries, but I mean, a little bit of rivalry, but m mostly friendship. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you could get that as well. And everybody was sort of rooting for everybody else. Yeah. When you stood there in the final three, I, I was looking at you and we were all there. Please, please, please. How did you feel? How did you feel at that moment waiting for the result? Three you left, the final three in the whole series. It It's so tense waiting for it because it's like we can... The votes have been counted and verified and we can announce the third place is and then there's like a 20 second pause. So, you know, it just gets more and more tense. Killian O'Connor. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, for that moment, your stomach, I'm sure, is tight and you're waiting and waiting to see what will actually happen. But there yeah. you go. And and then, of course, you, you saw what happened after that with uh, uh, Vigo actually winning. What did you make yeah. of him? What did you think of him with this high-vis vest and all the antics? I knew he would make it to the final, but him winning, I I never would have guessed. Yes. Um. I was actually ruined for Malachi Bayou uh, behind me, but yeah. yeah. 
But that's... Malachi not even making it to the final three was a surprise to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, the, it is what it is, and what's happened as happened. Um, I was talking to a guy you know this morning. Do you know a fella called Keith Barry? Keith Barry, yes. <laughs> Me and him are very good friends. <laughs> yes, I know that, and he's actually out of the country at the moment. Yes. And he was sorry. He wanted to say sorry. To you. He was going to join us today, but he wants to say this to you that he was so thrilled for you, delighted for you, so mm. proud, and he wishes you well for the future, and he believes your paths will cross. You yes. know that, you know that. And he, I yeah. was just talking for a moment uh, this morning, he said to pass on those good wishes to you. You know, yeah. I don't know whether you know this, I absolutely love magic and magicians. <laughs> They're my favourite people. Do you know that? I absolutely yeah. do. Would you do something for me? Would you um, mind giving me a, a taste of, of what you actually... I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a short little break so you can prepare yourself there. Okay. Folks, isn't he just the best? Yes, Killian O'Connor from Britain's Got Talent is with us on Late Lunch this afternoon. And his mammy Elaine is here too. We're going to have some mighty magic in a moment. Stay with us. Go nowhere. Killian O'Connor and his mammy Elaine are with us in studio today. In case you don't know who this young man is, he is a star. Britain's Got Talent finished third just at the weekend and he's with me in studio today. I want to tell you, young man, the messages are belting in here. 086-1800-658 is the number. If you want to send this for a message today, you can get in touch with us by WhatsApp or text. That's 086-1800-658. John says, this is only a selection of them. John says to me, Killian, <laughs> if Ireland, you're right, Jerry, could have voted, he would have won it, that's for sure. There's another one saying, I never really watched Britain's Got Talent, but I tuned in the n- first night that Killian was on. Oh, my God. That young man. You have an incredible guest with you today, Jerry in studio, says another listener. Another one there says, you did us proud, Killian. You are our champion. And so on and so on they go. What does that, doesn't that mean so much does it to you? Yeah. Uh, Look at the, just, fan, look at the just, fan base you have. Yeah, the fan base, yes. <laughs> yes, you have a huge and growing fan base. Anyway, we're back for you to show me some of this magic, please. So, what are you going to do for me? Oh, wait, the microphone is yours. Tell me what you're going to do. Okay, as you can see, I have this mixed-up Rubik's Cube right here. And I'm going to attempt to solve this behind my back. So... Up you stand there. Okay. Okay. So it's all mixed up. It's in every yes. shape and form. Now, okay. listen, I couldn't get one side of it together in front of me. And you're going to solve this behind your back? I'm going to try. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Okay. Behind his back. Here we go. Here he goes. He's turning it, turning it, turning it. I God, if this works out, I'm going to fall off the chair here. Killian O'Connor with the Rubik's Cube. That I don't think I've ever solved in my life. He has it behind his back. He's twisting and twisting and turning and twisting. And done. Turn round. Turn round to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'll try doing it in front. Uh, Go on. Go on. Okay. Go on. You're almost there. Look at this. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Okay. Okay, getting close. I see the colours all coming together. He's almost there, all the sides. I almost, see it. Almost. And there we go. 
Wow, I cannot believe. I have never seen anybody do that with such speed as well. You almost had it. You know, you were in a, uh, within a whisker behind your back and then uh, you had to do a few manoeuvres to get it right. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'll try that again. Uh, different scramble this time. So, try with this. Okay, okay. let's do it. He's okay. determined to do this. You're determined to yeah. do this. Okay. Second attempt. Second okay. attempt. Behind the back this time. He was almost there. Away you go. Are you right? Here we okay. go. Behind the back. He's not looking this time. He came within a whisker just a second ago. This young fella is so determined. How does he do this? I'm blinking mesmerised here. So. <laughs> okay. no, snap just like that hey, absolutely brilliant how did you do that at the end magic magic it is magic behind his back not looking at it at all okay come on for my next trick what else are you going to do for me today okay so I only brought one packet of gum um, but you know I could split that into two there we go <laughs> How did you do that? I was trident a minute ago and yeah. now it's juicy fruit and double mint. Yes. Yes, in front of my eyes. This is just transformed. Absolutely brilliant, young fella. Magic. Come on, I love gum as well. You know how much I love gum. I love magic. Anything else for me to do? What uh, else have you on the table? Okay. okay. So, I made this just before I came here. As you can see, it has six colours on it. Green, white, blue, red, orange and yellow. And it actually has them on both sides. Now, I want you to... Name a number between one and six. Do I name it out or do I think to name myself? It name it out. A number between one and six. Four. Four. Okay, so the fourth colour is red. Yeah. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what Killian has done... <laughs> And he's transformed it back. It's a Lego stick, just to describe it for listeners, isn't it? It's a little Lego base with the colours on it. Look, and we have it here in video as well. And when I picked four, he turned the whole thing into red. Fourth colour is red. Yes, absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant. Anything else in that little box there beside me? You have something else, have you, for me? Do you see yes. that box? What's this? Okay. Oh, deck of cards. Yes. You're Every magician needs one. Okay, you're okay. great with the cards. So, okay. Yeah. So what we're going to do is deal three cards just like this and... Oh, would you look at that? Oh, let me that mic Sherry Snuggets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to deal three cards just like this. He, and has, he has my name on the deck of cards. Whenever you want, just say stop. Go on. Okay, three bundles of cards. He's dealing them out there and I am going to say stop. Right there. Okay, so we have three chosen cards. The Jack of Hearts, the Jack of Diamonds, and two of Clubs. Going to lose them into the middle of the deck, just like this. Okay. And we'll go one more time, just like this. So once again, say stop wherever you want. Stop. You want which one? The one that under your finger there that's lying down. That one. Okay. Yeah, okay. So... The Eight of Diamonds. Right. So we have the Jack of Hearts, the Jack of Diamonds, the Two of Clubs, and the Eight of Diamonds. Yep. So we're going to find them in the deck now. There's the Jack of Hearts. There is the Jack of Diamonds. Yes. There is the Two of Clubs. And you're leaving an extra card on top of these cards, right? Yes. And finally the Eight of Diamonds. Yes. Okay. They're the four cards that you turned up in the deck for me a mo moment ago. And you've laid them out on their own there, out of the deck, with one card on top of each of yes, them that I can't here, see. We have the Ace of Diamonds yes. here. 
the Ace of Spades, here, the Ace of Hearts, and here, the Ace of Clubs. <laughs> but not only that, on the bottom of this pole here, we have the King of Diamonds. The bottom of this pole here, we have the King of Clubs. The bottom of this pole here, we have the King of Hearts. And the bottom of this pole here, the King of Spades. Oh, my, oh, my. How did you do that? How did you do that? Magic. Magic. It is magic. It's absolute magic. Ah, oh, sit down there at that microphone again. Let me know the little chat with you. Come on, Mammy. Come in again. Come in again there for me. Elaine, listen. This young boy is just something else, isn't he? Oh, he blows our minds. I haven't got a clue how he did you, he, any of them tricks. Yes. He, he, you must... You must be so proud of him, though, yeah. and, and what Whoa, he's achieved. Well, magic is back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Extremely proud. Um, so, look, Gillian and Mam, you're on the crest of a wave at the moment, mm. and there's big news coming down the road. Yes? Yes. You've, he has really exciting news, and his mammy has really exciting news. And they're bursting, but they can't tell us today because there's something coming up later this year, and they will reveal it in time, but... This goes on. It really goes on. That's all I can say to you. W what would you like to do? What's, what's your aim with this, ultimately? You know, I see you. When you get behind the microphone or in front of the camera, Elaine, yes. he's something else, it's isn't like he? It's like literally a light switch goes off in yes. his head. So, as he said in his first audition, um, it's like a light switch goes off in his head whenever mm. he and performs magic. for the semi-final before I popped out of the box, um, I used to be on the outside looking in, but now I'm on the inside looking out. Ah, good yes. man. That was, that's Killian's line. Yes. Um, and yeah. he said that's how he feels when he's performing the magic. Yes. That it actually brings him inside. Um, that people are watching him, whereas when he's not doing the magic, he feels like he's yes. outside. Mm. Yeah, But never, I'm going to say this to you, don't feel like that because, you know, you are the most brilliant young man, may I say to you. And just keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah. Go with the flow. And you know something? There's magic lies ahead in the years ahead for you mm. with your particular type of magic. That's what I'll say to you. Yeah. Listen, you're both great. Thank, Thank you for you. joining me on you're the show welcome. today. I wish you Thanks all the best. Thanks for having him in, Jerry. Not at all. We Thank are you. just thrilled. We are thrilled. Thanks to everybody who it as well Ah, yes, yes. I'll see if I can buy one of these jacks for you. <laughs> Good on you, Gillian. Thank you, you both so much for joining. <laughs> I can indeed. Thanks, Jerry. Good luck to you all. Take, Take care. Bye bye. What a magical young man, Gillian. O'Connor is oh my word <laughs> he really really is a special young man all the comments congratulations Killian you're a brilliant young man best of luck for the future you really do have the world in your hands another listener saying we was robbed Killian you should have won you were the best by a mile you'll always be the best in our eyes what a charming young man says another listener love listening to him isn't he just brilliant Jerry and so on and so on they go thank you so much for all your comments about the wonderful Killian O'Connor to us on late lunch this afternoon that young man has a real bright future ahead of him now we're switching to the birds our father birds on late lunch a lot of people say we always are but anyway we love our feathered friends on the show you know that we do and in a moment I'm going to be joined by Niall Hatch from Birdwatch Ireland a great friend of ours but first local man John Conlon is on the line because he has a bird nesting in a very unusual place. Afternoon, John. Hello there, how are you? I'm really well. Tell us about this little feathered friend of yours and where the nest is. He's in the engine of my car, my Jeep. And is this a Jeep John you use every day? It is. 
It is. I, I haven't used it this two two weeks now, oh, nearly three weeks now, since he started sitting on the nest. So, John, how did you find out? So, I take it that the nest is under the bonnet in the engine area. How did you know you had a bird nesting there? Did you spot the bird going in and out first? No, it's, it's just just on the left hand. When you lift the bonnet, it's on the left hand side over the wheel arch. There's a, there's a gap there. This is this is the Toro Forty. In the car. In in the car in the jeep. This is the, the first time I've seen seen eggs. That's not the last last few times I've seen shells. Yes. So this time I seen the eggs, and then I seen her sitting sitting on the nest. And I lifted when I lifted the bonnet, she didn't move. She just looked up at me. And John, how many years? Three or four years this has happened, and it's the, it's the same bird that's back nesting there. We we, we think it. We, I assume it is. I don't. I don't know. She didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not Dr. Doolittle. You can't talk to them. I understand that. I understand no, that. I, 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 I did leave a sign for her. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a working vehicle that when the bird has, uh, f- uh, when the eggs have flushed, the chicks have reared and they're gone, the, the vehicle is back on the road driving around. I'll be back out and about, yeah. And what do you do for transport while your uh, lodgers are there, your feathered lodgers? I have a tractor. <laughs> Well, you're not so bad, so you have an alternative. This is just fantastic. It really is. So she's you saw her sitting, you saw eggs, you saw her sitting on the nest. Have the young ones flushed? Have you seen young birds, or where is it at now? I had just little chicks down there, yeah. Right. I, 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 don't, I, don't lift, I don't lift a bonnet every day. I don't like, like an egg. Ah, yeah. Yeah, because when you disturb them, it certainly spooks them for sure. So you just leave her alone to get on with the business of rearing them. So, I'm sure they're in and out. The mother and father non-stop feeding them this weather. Oh, yeah. I, I can see them. You, you can see them walking around up uh, at the Jeep, and then you, you see them going under the Jeep and flying up into the engine. What species of bird is it? Do you know what it is? We, we think it's a wagtail, we're not sure. A wagtail. Okay, very good. Interesting indeed. Stay there a second. Niall Hatch is on the line. Niall, this is fasc- fascinating. Three or four years, a wagtail, Niall. Well, that, that would make sense. When I when I first heard about this and, and heard that, the, that these birds were, were nesting in the vehicle, I was thinking, I bet they're going to be turning those turn out to be pied wagtails because wagtails are actually known for doing this kind of thing. We get several reports um, each summer of them nesting in yeah, car engines, tractor engines, particularly combine harvesters, all sorts of things. They seem to they seem to love machinery for some reason. Uh, and um, it, it's, it's fantastic that these ones are so welcome and we so well looked after. So hats off for looking after these birds so well. I'm delighted to hear this. Well done, John. And, and Niall, in, in terms of there's chicks in it now and they're feeding them, how long more will they be there for? How long does it take wagtails, you know, to feather up and fly? Well, it usually only takes it usually only takes a couple of weeks once the eggs have hatched out, uh, so John doesn't have too long to wait. Hopefully, um, so you'll you'll know that uh, you'll hear that the hungry mouths they, 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 you know, they, they, they're cheeping all the time waiting the parents to, to to feed them. They grow amazingly quickly, and their feathers grow very rapidly too. The big long tail will eventually happen. So give it, I would say, about two or three weeks, give or take, depending how the feeding conditions are after the, the eggs have hatched out, and uh, that, that, that that they should be gone then. It's 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 rare in Ireland that they would have a second brood. Sometimes they do if the weather's very good so they might return and nest again mm. but that's, that's, that's the exception rather than the rule mm. Is it unusual Niall or do you get many stories from around the country of birds nesting in very peculiar places? 
Well, we certainly get a few each year because um, there's, there's obviously a lot of birds out there, and some of them do make some strange, uh, some strange choices. So uh, John's Wagtails clearly they know they're onto a good thing. They've, they've, they've done it in the past, and they they, they they know they're safe. We we do get reports often of of, of robins nesting in strange places. They famously um, will nest in old kettles and things like that. They sometimes the, the things are discarded or fly tips. They they will nest there. Um, we uh, quite often get reports of things like blue tits nesting in post boxes or even in um, in large ashtrays outside pulpits and things like that. For that, that sometimes does happen. Uh, you, we get reports each year of a bird called a missile thrush nesting on windowsills. And even once, I remember right outside um, the entrance to the University of Limerick, there was a pair of missile thrushes nesting on one of the traffic lights, just on one of the um, sort of the shade hoods that's over the lights, so, you know, so you can see them in bright light. And it was just they built, built a nest up there right in the middle of the road. Um, so... I suppose it makes sense in a way because that is quite secure from predators. So it's going to be very hard for anything to sneak up on, on yes. a bird's nest in the middle of a road or in, or in a jeep or something like that. They are quite protected. Mm. I'm just after getting a, a lovely WhatsApp in from Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. With the picture here, for just to tell both of you, Jerry, I got the shock of my life last week. I went to empty and use the compost from my compost bin and look what I found. Now, at the bottom of the bin, there's a nest of uh, little fledglings as well. Robins. Robins in a compost yep. bin, Niall. Yes, yeah, I mean, that actually would make a lot of sense for, for, for birds to nest somewhere like that. But compost is, is nice and warm, so that's going to help with the egg incubation. It tends to attract quite a lot of insects, so there's food around as well. And it's nice and secure, so um, it might seem strange to us, but that's, uh, that, robin, uh, that, that pair of robins picked a pretty good spot, actually, to raise their chicks, I would say. Mm, and they're safe there, I'm sure, with Kevin as well. If you're listening to us today and you have pictures of birds nesting in unusual places, WhatsApp them in to us, 86 is the WhatsApp number. That's 086-1800-658. Or if you want to text us the same number and tell us your little story, if you have birds this year or any year that have nested in unusual places, we'd love to hear from you. John, you're a very, very kind man and a very caring man. You know, others would probably, you know, get on with the business and, and drive the vehicle and, and, and move it. Not you. You obviously love them, John, and they love you too. I do indeed, yeah. No, I, I was told to, just to throw it out, but I, w- I wouldn't do that. Oh, no. Oh, you're no. great. No, why would you do that uh, to, to birds and bird life? They're so lovely and they add so much to us. It's it's a visitor attraction you have there, John. It is. I'll be famous now. I'll have all teamed them. Well, that's the next thing when they pick up this. I wouldn't be surprised that they pick up on it and they'd be with you. It's a fab story. It, it really, really is. But that's one back, Nile to you. If John happened to move the vehicle, even to go on a short run and bring it back, would that be the end for the birds and using it as, as a nesting site, Niall? Not necessarily. We have seen situations where the birds, the parent birds, do become used to this and, and do, do continue to feed the chicks. Um, the, the parental instinct is very, very strong, so that that, 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 that does need to feed the chicks is there. But the, the thing is that those little chicks need to be fed almost constantly. So mum and dad are coming in with food all the time. So even if they were missing for you know, a few minutes, you know that, that could actually be um, that could actually be quite bad for the chicks. It would certainly hinder their survival. And in many cases, there would be a risk. I'm afraid that um, yeah, the uh, that the parents would abandon the, the nest because obviously they're not expecting a nest to move mm. around the place. So I have I have seen it happen where it has worked out, but um, in many cases it wouldn't. So you know, hats off to John doing exactly the right thing. And it's really lovely to to hear someone caring so much about the birds and putting them first, even if it's an inconvenience. It's really uh, it's, it's really wish really really heartwarming I have to say Niall Kevin's back to us and he just wants to ask you while you're with us would you ask Niall how will the robins fledge from the bottom of the compost 
That, that is a good question. Um, uh, I suppose it'd be, it'd be good to know how the parents are getting in, how high up the, the hole of the entrance that they're using to get in would be. Um, the chicks, when they leave the nest, they, they are able to fly, but not very well. Mm. So their parents will try to get them to come out of the same hole that they're going in and out of. But if that isn't possible, um, they may need a bit of assistance. I normally would recommend not intervening. They normally can do it themselves. But if it did look like they were trapped and weren't able to get out, um, just um, quickly picking them up and popping them out yourself wouldn't be any harm. The parents parents will will accept that. Just just minimize any contact and and stay away as much as you can. But if needed, uh, get a helping hand might might, might, might suffice there. Yeah, he says he's brought it down to about a foot now high. Would they be able to get over that? A foot high? Yeah, they, yeah they, pro- they probably would, I would say. They, they tend to be able to flutter around. Their wings mm. are quite weak, but they can fly a little bit. So I'd say it'll probably be, I'd say, I'd say all will probably be well. Yeah, but if you need to help them, Kevin, it's a wide-necked uh, thing as well. Give them a hand when they are fully fledged and you, you'll know yourself when they're nearly ready to go. No harm and give them a hand there to get them on their way. So um, three, four years now, is it, uh, John? Four, is it three or four years, the witch at the Pied Wagtail? <laughs> We, we think it's three or four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you'd, uh, you know, you're a permanent residence for them now. The word is spreading. You could have more. You could have more. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> arriving in now, and they said this is a very kind man and providing <laughs> these these uh, places for us to, to nest as well. But uh, Niall, in a general sense, um, last time we talked, God Almighty, we thought the wet weather would never end and the cold of the springtime. Yeah. What a turnaround the last few weeks. Uh, fantastic for all bird life in terms of the foraging for insects and food. Yes, it's only good that the warm weather and the lack of rain has been good so far for, for, for a lot of the, um, the birds that rely on insects. So think of swallows, for example, house martins, swifts, birds like that, that um, you know, just, to, just a few weeks ago were migrating here from Africa. Um, they need lots and lots of insects. And in good weather, where it's, it's calm and, and still and dry, it's easier for them to find those. However, there's issues as well, because um, if it gets too dry, obviously the birds have a hard time drinking. Birds like swallows and house martins that build their nests out of mud. In very hot weather, the, um, the, the, the nest can actually get t- too dry and become brittle and can actually break. So it swings in roundabouts too. You want, you want good warm weather most of the time. Um, but a bit of rain every now and again wouldn't go amiss. So um, hopefully, hopefully, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be good conditions as the summer goes on. Um, so, but yeah, better, better sunshine than, than, than pouring rain for weeks on end. But um, you need a bit of both. Yeah, there you are. A little balance uh, needed to keep everybody happy. Well done to you, John Conlon. Thanks for joining us today and telling your story. You're very kind and good luck with your pied wagtails. And Niall Hatch, as always, great to have you with us on the show. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Saul. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. There you are. Any unusual nesting spots in your domain for our feathered friends? Let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Short break and afterwards, Mr. Fred Cook is joining us with memories of his exams. The Leaving and Junior Cert exams began today. The first papers overall students already and exam halls continuing to be quiet and people concentrating this afternoon But what was it like in his day? How did he fare out? What memories has he? How did he attain the 600 points he got? Fred Cook, good afternoon. Jerry, how are you? Just hearing you say that now, the panic kicks in. It'll never leave you. So. (laughs) Were you really panicking? I'm different now. I'm different to you because it's the difference between me doing the Leaving Cert in the 90s and me doing the Leaving Cert in the 1800s. (laughs) 
mean, it was, it was hard enough for me, but you didn't even have electricity. I, I, I don't know how you did it, Terry. I beg your I pardon. I beg your pardon. We had batteries and we had oil lamps <laughs> and we had no more Irish, no more French, no more sitting on a hard old bench. We had our old nibs and pens and ink and everything. But you know something? I think we got through it anyway. I can't remember, to be honest with you. (laughs) It was a long time ago for me. I actually, I was just thinking, Fred, I did the intermediate cert in 76 and I did my leaving cert in 78. And you know what age I was doing my leaving cert? I was 16. That's unbelievable. 16, yeah. So young. Too young, Fred. Far too young. That's what messed me up for the rest of my life, to be honest with you. But there you go. That's Show you. Hector as well. <laughs> Hector 16 went straight from Navin to Trinity. Did Never he? And immediately at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so we were still in nappies. <laughs> what were you talking about? So we were too young altogether. What about you? Where did you sit? Where, let's talk about your leaving cert. Where did you do it? What school were you going to? And where did you sit it? I, well, you know, I, I think I told you, I did it twice. Did you? So I didn't. I didn't even call it the leaving cert because I knew I was coming back. <laughs> <laughs> the dry run was it? <laughs> the mocks are the mocks. The actual leaving cert. <laughs> So Fred is the only student in history to do mocks at the official leave and cert exams. Yeah, I mean, that was the mocks, definitely. <laughs> and I tell you, the third time round was a bit, you know, it could have went that way as well. <laughs> I, could, I could still be there trying to work out X and Y in algebra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that stuff. I never want to see it again. I haven't, thank God, for the most of my life. Um, but, you know, we're talking at the minute, the weather's good, really good, and and, and will be decent for, for the, the next while. Was it a thing, or is it just in, in our minds, that when the exam started, it was scorching, and you didn't want to be in the exam? Oh, Have you memories oh of that? God. English paper one has never... It's, the hot, it's one of the hottest days of the year. It's so cruel. <laughs> so I think... So if you can, you know what I mean? It's hard sometimes, you know. It's hard to find three hours to yourself. So take advantage of that. Don't be afraid to look out the window and take in the sun. Maybe get a bit of air in your face. A bit of suntan lotion. That's important. It's hard. You know, Cherry. even when you're sitting down there now for like maybe three hours, you're working. It's hard to do nothing for three hours. So that if you can, take advantage of it. That's what I say. And some people say as well, do you know, uh, I heard a lady saying yesterday on radio about, you know, when you get your paper, get familiar with it. Get familiar with it. So sort of rub it across your face. <laughs> Smell the paper. Do you know what I mean? And then uh, you might be comfortable enough then for the next three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this is the way not to approach your exams, just to tell you today. <laughs> this is the antithesis to all the advice that's been given. And we had it yesterday here as well. This is the alternative way to do your leave insert with Fred Cook on Late Lunch this afternoon. You only call it the leave insert because they're trying to get rid of you. Don't let them do it. You can come back as much as you can. You know that. It's passive aggressive. That's it. It doesn't matter. Do you know what? My geography, one of my geography questions in my junior cert was, uh, what's the capital of Jordan? And I said, J. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually going, if only this was my English paper, I would have passed that. But I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. Technically, technically you are not wrong, Mr. Fred Cook. I'd have to give you marks for that if I was marking your paper. That's for sure. You would, yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, obviously you were letting them know where your career was going to take you into comedy, you know, with your with your attempts at the questions like that. Well, you know, it's uh, 
Well, they just say keep writing. Mm. That's what the thing. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if it's a wrong answer, if it's a right answer. Once you're once you're trying, yes. You know, like we learned that with the Irish Oral. Yes. You know what I mean? Like mind you, for anyone listening, and that's from abroad. That's not what it sounds like. The Irish Oral. It's a very serious exam. Very. And uh, so the thing is, so yeah. I mean, it's it's so right now. Do you know what I mean? It's over. It's just twenty years now since. Do you know twenty plus years now since I sat the leaving cert, mm. and of course, you know what I mean. And it's and even when it gets a bit bright and and the sun starts shining, like you know, you you'd, you'd worry. You know, like there's always I I feel for the students. Do you know what I mean? But it's just to know that uh, to know that this isn't everything, even yeah. if it is everything for you. Do you know, mm. even if you do get 600 points, do you know, life gets quite complicated as well beyond, <laughs> beyond three-hour exams. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> does. When you're, yeah. when, when, when you're looking after a toddler and another one on the oh. way, you know. Isn't you leaving certain subjects? Your leaving cert doesn't do much for that, does it, Fred? No, no. I'll do, I can do, I probably have to do pass with that at the moment. And I wouldn't get the honours for that at the moment, anyway. <laughs> Anyways, the, the, today and these next few weeks is is a time in everyone's life, as you said, that comes and goes. And beyond this, there's an awful lot of more living to do and different directions in, in life people take as well. Um, but still today, you can remember it well. That's the thing. Most people do remember their exams, or the, the big exams, don't they? It stays with you. Yeah, it does. It definitely. And it's funny, you know, uh, exams are a bit like people. Because you never, you never, you never remember what was in the paper, but you'll always remember how an exam made you feel. <laughs> no. yes. So, uh, so the thing is, so when I look at my biology exam, like, like we didn't get on well, me and my biology exam. There was a lot of silence, a lot of, a lot of aggro, and uh, I just remember my dad. He had to pick me up from Calvin, and he was looking in the window for me. I was <laughs> looking out. <at> <laughs> You looking out at the father in the car looking for inspiration. Bit late, oh, bit late, bit God. late, Fred, yeah, sure, yeah. When, when you were at that stage. What was your best subject? Music. Music was my best subject. And then French. Oh. I love I love French because I thought there's escapism in that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If you're studying Peg or you're studying the the, the, the Moke Canelock, do you know what I mean? I felt you're gonna be a bit stuck. But my God, I said if I if I get these French verbs right, God knows who I'll be going out with in two years' time. <laughs> you know, you know, I'll be living in the south of France, living home in Navigny as well. Playing and music. That's now. Playing music, talking French to the locals. Ah, you had it sussed for sure. You really had, Mr. Fred Cook. Anyway, listen, great to catch up to you on this day. Best wishes to the good woman, Julie, and uh, lovely always to chat to you. Well, you know what, Jerry? It's, just, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and especially I love these spontaneous events. And uh, can I just say, at the end of this month, I'm doing a gig for Navin Pride. Absolute pleasure. I'm hosting this event and it's in the solstice in Navin. And yep. we've got some great mead speakers and uh, it's for free actually and it's on the just the solstice.ie website. Lovely. So and when is it on when is it on, Fred? It's on it's on I think the thirty first of this month. Lovely, great stuff. Check it out on oh. solstice.ie with Mr. Fred Cook on the thirty first of June. Thank you so much. Take okay, care, Fred. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, I'm delighted to welcome my next guest to the show uh, because they have three boys. Brandon is 21, Keen is 20, is Brandon is 22, Keen is 21, and Caleb is 17. They're three fine young men. 
but they have a story and an important story. I'm delighted to say hello this afternoon to Ian and Mary Barrett. You're both welcome to the show, folks. Hi, thanks. Thanks Thanks for joining me. I look at your young men, uh, Mary, and when you look at them, you wouldn't think there's much up with them, would you, Mary? No, that's the thing. People don't know when they look at them that there is anything wrong with them. And uh, especially with Caelum being so young and people don't see him that often because he's never been he hasn't been in school since fifth class he's been too sick to go so he's kind of put to one side people don't usually see him and then suddenly he appeared last year and he was growing up yes type thing and people just don't see it that Mm. he's so sick tell tell our listeners uh, what they live with the boys live with a condition called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome it's a connective tissue disorder and it affects 95% of your body it affects everything from your respiratory, heart, uh, digestive tract, and all your ligaments in your body. So, what the physical aspects when they are injured uh, are injured would be you'll see signs of either in slings or on crutches or in wheelchairs due to dislocations, but you don't see obviously the internal ones. Um, Calum is quite severely. Um, problems with internal mm. uh, he's the worst part mm. so in other words these boys growing up and all young players want to be involved in everything out rough and tumble you know with their friends taking part in sports they were severely restricted were they very much so uh, Brandon before Calum was actually diagnosed which was 11 years ago today day, um, Calum got diagnosed, as we said, 11 years ago today. Brandon and Cian, we never suspected anything. It was always Calum from a young age mm. that we knew there was something uh, possibly. Uh, they thought at one point it was muscular dystrophy yes. with Calum. And then when a few things got confirmed that it wasn't that, but symptoms kept coming up and mimicking other little things. Calum's was having seizures uh, from an early age. And when that was confirmed that it wasn't epilepsy, mm-hmm. um, they said, no, just we couldn't find. We And we basically started trying to find what was wrong. Mm. So they weren't babies. They weren't diagnosed, Mary, from no, they were tots. Calum, we seen it from about three. Mm. There was something wrong. Well, granted, he didn't walk. He or crawled, he rolled, didn't walk, get on his feet until about 15 months. And even then, he'd fall, he'd, you know, when you're walking with him and his hand, come, his arm would come out of place and just go back in and stuff like that. We'd noticed it and we were just going back and forth. We never noticed it with the other two. Keen at that stage wasn't talking because he's um, autistic. Mm. So you, you never knew where you were with Keen. And Brandon was being a bra- being a kid and out playing football and yeah. stuff like that. Mm. And it was just, we kept going back and forth to, you know, Naval Ireland. And it was just one girl from Australia um, was one of the instructor type things. And she just turned around to me and she mm. says, there's something wrong with him. Yes. Go to uh, Temple Street. Mm. We went in t- to confirm that he had, you know, developmental coordination. Mm. And the doctor turned around to us as we were leaving, shook her hands and says, I think it's EDS, off you go. We didn't know what it was. What it was at all. No. Then. And that was one of them. And then the other two boys subsequently tested that they all three had when, when we went to London, get confirmation <laughs> that it was Eller Stanless. Uh, we were sent there by Great Ormond Street. Yeah. Caelan had been attending Great Ormond Street. Uh, when we 
got to London, uh, Professor Graham uh, confirmed for Calum. Yes. But when we went to see him, he was very nice, wanted to know all the family history and everything. And when we explained what our concerns were about Calum, he turned around and he says, right, he says, I have good news and I have bad news. He says, the good news is I can confirm, he says, that it is Elder Stanlis. He says, the bad news is, he says, it's also your other two sons as well. The two boys were with us by pure chance. So he just t- took a look at them and diagnosed them. And then everything made sense, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> everything, yeah, all the boxes started to be ticked. Mm. <laughs> my, oh my, you know, one child, but all three of the boys, you know, that they have to live with this. And I was just looking at, you have the most marvellous pace, uh, Facebook page. Folks, check this out. Barrett Boys EDS. Barrett Boys, there's two R's and two E's in it, EDS. And you'll just get a feel for w- what this is about and what these people have been through. I just looked, you mentioned Great Ormond Street there. You've seen the ins and outs of most hospitals, major hospitals in this country and abroad. Well, yeah, we've been to Belgium as well. Mm. Uh, Great Ormond Street actually sent him, Caleb to Belgium for tests uh, because they said the lady over there was the she was the top two in the world yes and she was the one they wanted to do the test mm. it was weird because it only cost us eight euros for the test it would have cost us nearly two thousand sterling in Great Ormond Street because we have to pay for everything we don't get any and why did you get it for eight in Belgium because it was European oh yes the European card that Brexit thing that happened a while ago it, it impacts on everything <laughs> Um is there treatment for this? Is there a drug they can take? No. What? No. No. Because it's all different parts. Um, Brandon's just after having his knee reconstructed with artificial ligaments. Um, he had his two shoulder blades done in London, um, reconstructed, and his collarbone reconstructed by using breaking his bones and using his tendons from his neck. They couldn't do any of them here, so they were self-paid as well. You just, you have to wait until something happens and bring them to the hospital. And get it fixed. And sometimes they can't do it. Most times they can't do it here. Look, you mentioned eight euro in Belgium and the cost in Great Ormond Street. (laughs) The cost in this country. Have you health insurance? We have health insurance, but that's (laughs) still a good bit of it because, um, especially with Calum, we've run into a few, should we say, doctors that we don't want to see again. And they kind of... um, didn't help his case growing up mm. so we ended up having to wait until he was old enough and now we have to go to say Blackrock and the stuff clinics. like this yeah. the private clinics the private, private clinics, clinics and we wouldn't be covered for them I understand there are limitations way. within yeah. I'm the same yeah. myself there's mm. limitations within your policy yeah. and yeah. I can only imagine with three of them this is 24-7 365 days yeah it is indeed no break no break. We, I think Caelan was sent by London through Ireland's Make-A-Wish to Florida. I think that was a break. That was a break. And we had one other holiday, I think, in the whole 11 years. Yep. And that was it. 
just stay there a moment. You may, I mentioned break. I want to take a wee mm-hmm. break on late lunch and come back and talk to you because we want to help you. We really do. Um, it, it, stay with us and we'll we'll tell you what's happening and how you can assist the Barretts. Mary and Ian Barrett are with us on late lunch and they're telling us the story of their young boys. Brandon's 22, Keen 21 and Caleb is 17 and they live with EADS, uh, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. I was saying to Ian, you have a beautiful uh, shirt on you today. Day, and I, I cop the, uh, the 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 lovely crest on it. Tell me about that crest. The crest itself is a baby zebra, is because when we basically got uh, diagnosed, the boys were being so young. We said we use a baby as a, a, a sample. Uh, it's a logo that Ellers Danlos Society uses. It's a zebra that's as no two zebras have the same markings. Hence, no two patients of Ellers Danlos have the same problems mm. Mm. they're under an umbrella uh, and that umbrella is basically whatever your symptoms is but there would be no uh, two patients the same very much the same uh, and Mary, similar 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 but I mean, the, yeah. the zebra is a, is a is a fantastic analogy mm. there, there are more people you have three boys three in the one family but there are quite a number of cases in ireland you were telling there me, is Mary. there is a good few everywhere now um it's just hard to get the diagnosis in ireland yeah they're not they don't give it out too easy mm. uh, because kids are too young, they say, and stuff like this. But it's just there's 13 different types of Ehlers-Danlos. Yes. And we originally had two of one type and one of the other. And the two younger ones, Keen and Caleb. And then Brandon, in time, they've noticed that Brandon actually had the same one. So it's just, there's so many different severe types and then there's normal yes. type ones. And they, mm. they're still waiting for one to be normal EDS, uh, hypermobility one they haven't found the gene for it yet mm. so there's people being classed as being hypermobile where they yeah. could have Ehlers Danlos all along You mentioned one of them hasn't been in school for a while and he's grown up and people see him how did they fare you know with school? Uh, Calum after he, he struggled in up to he was in St John's he struggled up to sixth class or up to second class yes. he started getting sick then and he went in third and fourth he wasn't too bad he was back and forth to Great Ormond Street but then he took a, a change in him and he just, we were doing homeschooling and even the do, uh, teachers from homeschooling said no, couldn't do it anymore. He wasn't well enough. So he hasn't actually been in school and today should have been his first day of his leaving cert. Oh, so today is a bad day for <laughs> in our house. Yeah. Um, Brandon, he was brilliant up to sixth class and once he went into secondary school, it just it seemed to take too much out of him. Couldn't carry his school bag so they had SNAs wheeling their school bags for them in secondary school in St. Oliver's. So he was there for a while and then started getting surgeries done in London and he couldn't manage. He was dislocating his collarbone or his collar, shoulder blade, up to 40 times a day. And we were trying to put it back in ourselves. We had to be shown how to to do it and stuff. And in a weird way, we were actually happy COVID came along because they could stay at home. They weren't getting injured in school. And then... then at that stage, Bannon had been out and he would have only had nine hours of school in sixth, class, sixth year doing his leaving cert. Keen is a different, Keen with the autism was a bit different. Yes. Originally we were told when he was younger to take him out of school and just leave him because he was autistic and wouldn't amount to anything. And he actually was the only child that went to school most. And he hasn't let us forget it. But um, he's fine. He was lucky enough, the two of them should have been doing their leaving cert together. 
so they got away with it. Yes, but and they, they think, did as best they could. They are they with the conditions that they live with, mm. and 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 they went as far as they could as well. You've worked nights for how long? How many years were you a night? Uh, I worked nights seventeen years. To accommodate, ba- basically, because of hospital appointments or whatever, yes. that there was someone at home when the other boys yes. were in school that should anything happen that it was a phone call and then I'd re- receive a phone call and I'd go to the school or whatever to pick the child up. That doesn't say that when he wasn't worked that he wasn't called home on numerous occasions I anyway. Imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> but here's the thing, uh, coming back to this, this care that you need and these boys need, you don't know what's around the corner. You yeah. do to a degree perhaps with one of them but the other two, you you just have to deal with things as yeah. you said to me earlier, as they happen. And they will happen. This is the thing about this. You are covered to a degree but without the fundraising and support, where would you be? Uh, we <laughs> lost, basically. Um, very much so. We, we've had a... Lucky enough, we've got a good lot of friends and relatives who have been very supportive mm. and helped us fundraise. But without it, honestly, we we wouldn't be where we are today. So with this in mind, folks, if you're touched by, and I'm really touched by what I'm hearing today, I really am. Um, you have a golf classic coming up in Hollywood Lakes Golf Club. Uh, it's an annual one now, and it's happening this year on the 14th of July. A three-person team is 135 euro. You're giving it away. I saw the prizes you're giving. <laughs> it's fantastic. And you have uh, team prizes and individuals as well. How do people support this golf classic? They basically can get in touch with myself uh, on a mobile or through the Facebook page. Um, my number is advertised most places. Uh, it's 086-815-3300. Um, as I said, it's a three-man team and everybody is welcome, both male and female yes. golfers, whatever happens to be, wants to come and participate as our, our mixed uh, group if, if they wish. Um, it's just basically to try and raise as much funds as we possibly can. To offset the massive expense that the Barretts face every time that hospital beckons. They are covered to a degree, but it doesn't cover at all uh, what they need. You can sponsor a hole, by the way, for €100. Euro. We're going to do that here at least for you, you know what I mean? So Thank we you are very much. Here from LMFM Radio. Uh, but if you can help at all, these people would be eternally grateful. And I'll give Ian's number again. It's 86 Eight one five double three double O. That's zero eight six eight one five double three double O. And we have that number off the main LMFM number here. Thank you for coming in today. Oh, thank oh, you very I much. I wish you well. Thanks for joining me. In. Take care of yourselves. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very, very much. much. Thanks for your comments to the show. I'm a nuts here laughing at Fred Cook. What a crack for the last few minutes, says a listener. Back to the nesting birds. Yes, John Conlon with the birds, the pied wagtail nesting in the engine of his car. Jerry, says Patrick, I had swallows nesting in my outdoor sheds for years every year. The sheds had old wooden doors with a hole in one of them so they could get in or out. But earlier this year, I had to replace the doors with new steel sheeting doors and my young daughter said daddy what about the swallows so I cut a hole in the new door for them and lo and behold they came back again this year and they're in and out rearing their little chicks business as usual says Patrick good on you folks I'm delighted. That really does me out heart good when I get messages like that. Patrick, thank you for letting us know. Please say hello to Mary Ian and the boys. We're listening in here from Shirley and Jack Smith. Jack also has EDS. Mary and Ian, Jerry, 
are just the best to the boys. Sure, I know that. You just feel it as well. And if you can help them out in any way, please do. Remember, the Golf Classic is on on the 14th of July. Hollywood Lakes Golf Club. And you can give Ian a ring. We have his number here for you. Ian would be delighted to hear from you. 086 815 That's 086 815 Let's do this at 10 past 3 or just after it on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number three from this very week in 1987. And this is really a big, big ballad. It was written, co-written by Diane Warren and the wonderful Albert Hammond. What a famous man, what a guitarist. Hammond said when he was asked about the concept for the song, it came from his impending marriage, his impending marriage to his live-in girlfriend of seven years after his divorce from his previous wife was finalised. Uh, and you'll understand the, the song when you hear it, how it applied, given that backstory there. It was a massive number one in America, and hit number one on the UK singles chart too, where it stayed for four weeks. But in this very week, on the charts, it was at number three. Here it is, our top five countdown from Starship. Our top five countdown, number three this week in 1987, and nothing's going to stop us now. Will you understand now why Albert Hammond wrote that song, Wife Gone, New Girlfriend, nothing's going to stop us now. You get the message? Yes, we'll have your number two in the top five countdown for you tomorrow afternoon, and it is a cracker too. Late lunch, LMFM radio, final break of this Wednesday afternoon. And John Morgan's joining me for a wee chat in a moment. John Morgan is back with us on Late Lunch. He's a wheelchair user from Dundalk. Hi again, John. Hey, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Uh, the day that's in it, I know you as well. We were talking to Fred Cook earlier on. Such a laugh we had with him about the exams and his memories of the exams. You oh, did yeah. both junior and leave insert. Do you remember the junior cert? Yeah, I done this in '92. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, 82, 82. I wish I was 92, I wouldn't be that old. No, um, 82 I done. But I, I left school, uh, Jerry, after 50. Oh. Yeah. I, I was offered a job as a trainee salesman, and so when you're 17, the thoughts of money in your pocket. Mm. But um, and I worked in sales then all my life, but then my, my mobility started getting bad in 2008, and they said to me that they wanted me to use walk and stick, and I said, where is Adam? 46, not 66. But then, so then I went back to school, and I'd done the leaving cert as a mature student oh. in here in the dock and like uh, as I sent your searcher earlier when the, the envelope came with the results you know we needed to collect them and I looked at the envelope and I opened and I was well I was very I was over pleased with the uh, results that I nearly said to the girl yeah will you check down my <laughs> you didn't think they were yours did yeah. you not <laughs> what was it like going back that's a different angle on the leave insert day going back among younger people you know to, to yeah. sit as a mature student how did you find that well, we we'd very there was very small classes. Mm. You know, there was only about twelve percent mm. of the class. Yes, yeah. 
so that and we had a lovely girl now I just can't remember her name she was from Drogheda she was a history teacher yeah and um, even to the point like she used to take us in at 8 o'clock in the morning she said listen if you come in at 8 o'clock in the morning I'll help you and then the ordinary would say they would start at 9 but God love her she used to say I can only bring you up the hill at you you just have to get yourselves over the hill you know yeah. so, yeah, it but it was a great experience. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I felt great after it. You see, my real purpose for doing it was Jerry M. Um, as you know, like a mule chair user now, but around 2008, my walk started getting bad again. So I used to walk in double providers, so I couldn't really run up and down behind the counter. So I um, I got a job down with my brother, uh, doing pricing jobs for him. So then I decided, well, I go back and do the leaving. My hope was then maybe to get a job in just a clerical officer, or, you know, reception. Mm, mm. Unfortunately, that was the year that the Kenya government put the locks on, you know, they weren't really recruiting anyone. So then, as I say, the mobility kind of got worse in 2012, I started using the wheelchair, and so that was it, really. So I can walk very short distance. Like, uh, I done a wee fundraiser two years ago, it was called John's uh, 1200 Baby Steps, because there wouldn't be the steps that you'd be walking, there'd be literally baby steps, you know. Yeah. But uh, I'm having a few falls, but as I say, when, when you fall, you can't blame anyone, only yourself, mm. you know. Mm. But anyway, it was a great boost to you to go back as a mature student, reset it and do well again. Well yeah, done to I you, well it, done. It gives you a, 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 a feeling of self, you know, achievement, you know. Yes. God, you know, yeah. I did do well. Oh, listen, it, it, it's a fantastic achievement to do that and you always have it in your locker and education. I always say any education is never oh, yeah. lost on anybody. You yeah. always carry it with you all your life. Now, you, you're with me today for another reason because um, the uh, local branch of the Irish Wheelchair Association haven't had a get-together because of COVID up until now, but your yeah. AGM is coming up. When, this weekend? Yeah, this, is, this is our first in-person AGM. It's on on Sunday, the 11th of Sunday in the Liz Du Arms here in the dog, you know. And um so basically it's it's open to everyone and, you know, if people want to come if anyone like who might be a wheelchair user or even just people with mobility problems, you know, if they if they haven't engaged with the wheelchair association services, you know, come along in the day. Mm. Like I go to a day centre over or we call it a resort centre over an hour to two days a week, you know, it's and um you know, it's great like we, we I there's they have a specialised bike that I can use. It's electric bike, it does power of the walking, you do power of the walking. Mm. So um, I use that for an hour and then we play boccia. It's like bowls when you sit in a chair. Yes. And then, then this last couple of weeks, we had great days. Uh, we went, one day we went up to the Botanic Gardens and Love. then the last week we went to Blooms. And, Good on you. Know, you. And when the pop-up swimming pool was there and then in RD we went every Tuesday, you know. So, But like I said, there's great service within the IWA for people who just mightn't be aware of what all they do, you know. Yes. Different things and... You know, they've an independent living section in Dublin where they would maybe try and help people get houses through local councils and that, you know. Yes, so they do an awful lot for uh, their members. I hear you're heading for the races in Bellius Town in two weeks. Is that right? Yeah, That's your we're next... Heading for, we're heading for the Bellius, so hopefully we get a few winners. <laughs> a few winners. <laughs> After that, we're going for a two-day holiday in September down to the Titanic. Sorry, Titanic. We're staying overnight in the hotel. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. So th- it does an awful lot for its members. So the AGM is happening in the Liz Do, uh, the famous Liz Do, this Sunday at 3 o'clock. And everybody welcome who's either a wheelchair user or with mobility issues as well. Hey, Bloom must have been fantastic with the weather, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah, God almighty. <laughs> like when you see the gardens, you kind of say, well, I always said I would be quite happy if I could get my garden just on Lake Crow Park. You know the way they, they <laughs> the move the grass one way and then the go. Yeah, the stripes, the John, way. yeah. So if any of your listeners are out there and they can know, they know how to do that, 
Just give me a ring. <laughs> John, you know what? Louise will tell you, I'm a devil for that as well myself. I say to her, there's no greater satisfaction when I cut the grass and I see the stripes and up and down with the moor. There's just something about it. I always say, I stand back and I look and I think, Wembley. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd be happy with Crow Park. <laughs> of course you would. Of course you would. Ah, but when you see Bloom and the gardens and the ah, effort, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's amazing, isn't it? It really is an like, amazing. There's everything up there, like there's you know there's tented uh, food tents and yeah, like, all kinds of exhibitions. You know, and mm. how to make bread and all that kind of crack. You know, it's great. Now, it's a lovely, lovely day. Now, last year was the first year that we could go after pandemics. Yeah. And I happened to meet a friend of mine who goes every year. And she said she couldn't, she never really couldn't believe the crowd that was there last year. But it was just because we were all locked up for two years and people wanted to get out and, you know, they went yeah. everywhere, you know. Yeah, well, listen, uh, well done to the Irish Wheelchair Association, the centre yeah, you go to enough, in RD and all they do for all the people there. And it, it's wonderful to think of all they put on and they're behind. And again, reminding you, the list to this Sunday at three o'clock. Everybody welcome. John. Hell to wear. Good luck to you. Thanks for joining me today. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's uh, John Morgan there joining me from Dundalk this afternoon. A great guy. He really, really is. That's it on Late Lunch for another day this Wednesday. Enjoy your Wednesday. The sun will be long. I told you yesterday it would come and it did. Shortly after tea time we got the sun on the east here. It's sunnier, I know, where you're listening to us inland this afternoon but we have a little cloud cover here. It will come out, I promise you, a little later. Anyway, sunshine all the way on LMFM Radio. Eddie Caffrey coming next with the drive here don't go anywhere wonderful music information and more besides coming your way and do come back tomorrow afternoon Thursday to join us for your late lunch from 1.30 we'll see you then The Late Lunch brought to you by Blackstone Motors Drogheda Dundalk and Cavan When you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.